I started a series called Tag a Friend. We're, we're leading up to 11-9 when we're going to be reaching. We're calling it Tag a Friend Sunday. And Scott Camp, one of the members of our church, he's evangelizing all the time, full time, is going to be preaching. And he's going to draw the net. Hundreds of people come to Christ weekly in Scott's ministry. And we're going to believe the Lord for a day of glory, 11-9. People are going to be saved. They're going to shock you. People are going to be saved that you thought were hopeless. People are going to be saved that you prayed for for years and have almost given up on. People are going to be saved. Amen. And we're we're praying over all those names. And it's going to change your whole household. It's going to change some of your marriages, some of your relationships with children, with parents, with coworkers. So... Today I want to continue on that. We, we've been looking at the people Jesus talked to in the Bible. And let's put Luke 19 up there. And these are conversations that Jesus had with people, various people of many different kinds of people. And today, I talked to you last week about a conversation with a shady lady. And if you didn't get that, grab the CD. It'll be worth your getting. Today I want to talk to you about a conversation with Little Big Man. And I'm going to tell you who Little Big Man is and why I called him Little Big Man in just a moment. But it's, it's Zacchaeus. So let's read the story here of Zacchaeus. Luke 19, 1. Jesus entered Jericho, made his way through the town. Now there was a man there named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector in the region. And he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree beside the road. Can't you picture that? For Jesus was going to pass that way. Boy, you always want to be on the road where Jesus is passing by. And he looked up at Zacchaeus and called him by name, Zacchaeus, quickly come down. Don't you know he about died? So then he went on to say, I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and received Jesus into his house with great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. They didn't know that that's the only kind of house he goes to. He goes to the house of sinners, turns you into a saint, then he stays in your house. Amen. Now, meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood up before the Lord. Now he's in his house now. There's a lot of people there. And here's what he says. I will give half my wealth to to the poor, Lord. And if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Wow. Everybody say repentance. That's the real thing. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. Now I want you to read this last part with me good and loud. I want this to sink into our spirits. Are you ready? For the son of man came to seek and to save those who are lost. Father, we thank you. That's why Jesus came. And we pray that you will place upon this congregation, beginning with me, a greater burden for the lost. In Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him Jesus saves. You can be seated. Amen. What a great, great account of what happened in the Bible. Now, I'm calling Zacchaeus little big man for this reason. The Bible tells us very bluntly, Luke tells us the truth, he was short of stature. But being short, he also had a big problem. He was a short man with a big problem. 
His problem was that he was lost. We know that he was lost because that's when Jesus said at the end of Zacchaeus coming to him and repenting, that's when Jesus said the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. He was pointing to what had just occurred and said, that's what you just watched is why I came. What you just saw me do is why I came. I came to seek out, search for those that are lost. And so you just saw my mission happen in front of your eyes. This man was saved. Now, let me tell you a little bit about little big man. We know from the Bible that Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. That's like the head of the IRS. I'm getting feedback here, Tyler. That's just, that's, that's like the head of the IRS. So immediately we don't like them. I'm sorry. I'm just, I mean, you know what I mean. I love them in Christ, but I do. I need to move on. He was a chief tax collector. He was an employee of the Roman government. And men in that position were notorious for overcharging the people. Imagine that. For instance, if Rome, I'll give you an example. If Rome levied a 5% tax, these chief tax collectors could go out and charge 10%, 15%. And nobody could do anything because they were employees of the Roman government. So they were essentially untouchable. So they would extort people out of their money. They would collect the 5% Rome wanted, and then they would collect 5 or 10% more for themselves, and that's how they became rich. Now, Zacchaeus admits to having done this uh, later on when he says to Jesus, he says, wherever I have cheated anyone on their taxes, right there he's saying, I've done it. Your Bible says, if I have cheated anyone, but that word if really means wherever or when I did it. So wherever I cheated anyone on their taxes, I'm going to give them back four times. If I took 100, I'm going to give them 400. Lord, I am repenting. I'm cleaning up. I am, I'm turning around. I'm not just playing church. I'm not just being religious. I intend to follow through with this. I mean it. I'm coming to you. And I'm showing it by true, genuine repentance. The Bible talks about the fruits of repentance. John the Baptist talked about that a lot. Well, here's the fruit. If you really come to Christ, it will show in a turnaround life. You can't say, I've come to Jesus and there's no change in your life. There you've gotten religion and not relationship because Jesus brings repentance. So this is what happened to him. Now, we see that somewhere along the way, Zacchaeus heard about Jesus and he heard certain things that made him want to see him. You know, I've learned if you brag on Jesus, people want to see what you say you saw. If you brag on Jesus, if you get out there and brag on Jesus, which is what every Christian ought to do, just brag on Jesus. If you do it enough, people are, are going to want to see what you say you saw. Now, he had heard about Jesus. Something had grabbed his attention. He's rich, he's fixed for life, but he's lost. And he's heard about somebody that's out there healing the sick, raising the dead, teaching like no man ever taught. And he says, I gotta, I gotta see this guy. Now, he might have heard what happened that morning of this day. 
You can read about it in Luke 18. That morning, as Jesus was coming into Jericho, another man had heard about Jesus and got behind Jesus and began to cry out, to scream out from the crowd, Son of David, have mercy on me! Son of David, have mercy on me! And it was a blind man named Bartimaeus. And the crowd turned to Bartimaeus and said, Be quiet, hush, quit screaming, don't bother him. But it says he cried out all the more. The more the crowd tried to shut him up, the more he spoke up. Because when you want to meet Jesus or see Jesus, you get to the point where you don't care what the crowd thinks anymore. It's just that simple. So he says, I don't care about the crowd. I want to be healed. I want the touch of Jesus on my life. So it says, I love this, Jesus stood still. Oh, that means God stopped. That means God stopped because he was God. And God stopped and turned and said, what do you want me to do for you? I heard your perseverance. I heard your prayer. I heard your cry. I saw you not caring what the crowd thinks. What do you want? I want to see, Lord. He said, your sight is restored. Your faith has made you whole. Instantly, this man had been blind all of his life. Light filled his eyes and forms and figures and shapes and colors. And he was stunned and shocked. And don't you know the crowd went nuts? And that might be what got to Zacchaeus. Because he was headed into Jericho. And Zacchaeus lived in Jericho. His business was in Jericho. And so he heard, hey, there was a blind man this morning. He just walked, and he started crying out to this guy that you, you're wanting to see, this man named Jesus. And he has been healed. His eyes have been restored. This blind man now sees Zacchaeus. I got to see him. I got to see what he looks like. It's a good thing when you say to yourself, I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. So it might have just been raw curiosity on his part. I just got to see what the guy who's doing all this looks like. Or it could have been something deeper and Zacchaeus' soul, a hunger had been awakened. The Holy Spirit was dealing with him. He said, I want to see him for more than just raw curiosity. I want to see him because maybe he's got something for me. You know, Jesus awakens a hunger in your heart for him. When the Holy Spirit deals with you, something begins to happen. You say, I, I've got to see Jesus. I want to be near Jesus. I want to learn of Jesus. I want to take his yoke upon me. I want to learn of him. I want to walk with him. I want to know him better. That is a hunger that is awakened by the Holy Spirit. So it might have been that. But he had a problem. His problem was he couldn't see him because he was short. So because he was short, he couldn't see over the heads of the people. So he said, what am I going to do? I can't see him. This massive crowd, they're all swarming around him, but I can't see him, and I, and I, I want to see him. And so he said, I'm going to do anything to see him. Well, he spotted a sycamore tree, and his mind shot back to his boyhood. And he said, bless God, I climbed one then, I can climb one again. So sycamore trees now have low limbs, low, large limbs. So this little short man grabbed, our little big man grabbed a limb, and he shinnied up this tree. I can just picture him up there. On the side of the road, this who's who, this rich man, this man with a lot of power, 
is up in a tree peering out of the leaves like a little owl. Now, I was thinking about this, that both people that Jesus touched that day had to overcome a crowd to get to him. Bartimaeus had to shout over a crowd. Zacchaeus had to get above the crowd to see him. And I got to thinking how often it's the crowds that keep us from Jesus. It's what people say about us. It's what we're afraid they're going to say. It's the crowds that get to us. We, I don't want the crowd talking about me. I don't want my peers talking about me. It's that peer pressure. And we don't want the crowd. The crowd says, don't shout out to him. Don't cry out to him. Don't do something unusual to get to him. Just be one of us. But when the hunger gets a hold of you, you will do anything to get to Jesus. You will do anything. And so Bartimaeus just cried out till Jesus stopped and little big man climbed the tree just to see Jesus. And there he is. There he is. He's looking down. And sometimes, folks, listen, you and me have got to say to the crowd, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you say. I'm going to walk with Jesus. I'm going to talk with Jesus. I'm going to grow in him. I'm going to come to know him because I know that in five years, you're not going to be around anyway, but he is. And so I'm going to walk with him. And I don't care what you say. Teenagers have got to do that in school. Business people have got to do that out there in the business world. Go ahead and come out of the closet. Everybody else is. So I just picture him up there, hands gripping the limbs, eyes peeled on the approaching crowd. He's trying to pick out which one is he, which one is he. And then he began to see that all the eyes were turned and fixed on one man. And this one man is leading the group and all the people are swarming around him. And he's not much to look at. He's not a looker. He's not uh, Hollywood handsome. But there's something about him that immediately grabs the eye. He walks with grace. He walks with authority. He walks with power. There is something on him that I can't take my eyes off of. There's something about this Jesus that I can't ignore. That's got to be him. He's the one, and he's watching, and his eyes are fixed. He's working his way through the crowd. He's moving towards Jericho, this massive crowd around him. And right when he's passing the tree that little big man is in, he stops again. And he looks up and looked right at him and said, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to your house today. I hear something in that command. Zacchaeus, come out of your old life. Come out of your old ways. This is your moment, your hour, your time. I'm calling you. Come out of your tree. Come out of this lifestyle. Come out of the way you've been living. Because Zacchaeus, I've got something for you you can't imagine if you will just come to me. And I think he says to people today, I think he says, come out of your tree, whatever your tree is, whatever you're involved in, going your own way, living your own life, doing your own thing. He says to you and to me, to all the human race, come out of that tree Come out of that bondage. Come out of that lifestyle. Come out of that sin. Come out of that darkness and come down to me. And if you do, I'm coming to your house. I like that. I, think he, I really do think he almost fell out of the tree. He couldn't believe. And, and, and he had to be thinking. 
He had to be thinking, how does this man I've never met know my name? Now, in our message series, we've already dealt twice with Jesus knowing all about somebody he'd never met. We have Jesus meeting a down and outer, the woman at the well, the shady lady. He meets her at the well, and he read her mail. He told her everything she'd ever done. She went running into the town and said, come see a man who has told me everything I ever did. And the reason she was amazed is because she'd never met him. But he knew about her, the down and outer. Zacchaeus was an up and outer. He was successful. He was rich. He had a position. He had power, but he was still lost. And our society is full of both types, down and outers. They are, they are ostracized. They're out there. They don't have much to offer. They live, in, they live in difficult circumstances. They have no authority, no power. But Jesus took time to stop and talk to one of them. And the up and outer, Jesus called him by his name. He was rich, successful, and yet he was out because he was lost. And Jesus took time to talk to him. And out there, there are people who have all kinds of money. They got position. They got power. But truth be known, on the inside, they're dying. And they know it. Something is wrong. Something is missing. This money has not satisfied me. This position has not fulfilled me. I know there's got to be something more to life. Lord, I hope there's more to life than this. Jesus called one of those. That, the up and outer, come down. Zacchaeus thought he was seeking Jesus, but I'm going to tell you, Jesus was seeking him. Jesus knew this man was going to be in the tree before he ever arrived. It was the providence of God and the working of the Holy Spirit on Zacchaeus' heart that got him up in that tree. So Jesus didn't look up and say, oh, somebody's up there. Jesus knew and said, well, I knew you were up there. Zacchaeus, I know your name. Come down. Now I'm going to talk to you about Jesus' call to Zacchaeus because it's the same way he calls you and me. It's a prototype for the way he deals with all people. Notice this. First, it was a personal call. Jesus' call to Zacchaeus was personal. Do you notice with me, he didn't look up and say, uh, you, sir, come down. Like he was just one of many. No, he knew him individually. He knew his name. How did you know my name having never met me? Well, you don't know who you're talking to yet, but let me tell you how I know. Because I'm God, wrapped in skin, incarnated, come to die for the sins of the world. And being God, I know everything. So I not only know your name, I know the name of everybody on planet Earth, and I know their life, and I can read the mail of every one of them. It was a personal call. Zacchaeus, you. I know you. Don't you know that immediately Zacchaeus thought, oh, wow, he knows who I am. None of us got saved where Jesus said, you, sir, you, lady, come to me. No, we heard our name called. It says, it says, the shepherd knows the name of the sheep. It says the shepherd calls the sheep by name. So he called Zacchaeus by his name. He knew all about him. There's another man in the Bible named Nathaniel. He's in John's Gospel. You can read about it in chapter 1. Nathaniel was told about Jesus by Philip. Philip said, hey, we, we found the Messiah. And Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? 
And Philip said, come and see for yourself. Can we say that together? Come and see. That, that's what everybody in church ought to be telling people out there. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see for yourself. Come and see, Nathaniel. So Nathaniel is walking towards Jesus, and Jesus all of a sudden blurted this out. He said, he said, there truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He read his mail. Nathaniel knew, that's me. How did he know me? And so listen to what he said to Jesus. How do you know me? Word know there means know fully, know completely, know thoroughly. How do you completely know me? You never even met me. Jesus said, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree. Now notice, he saw Nathaniel under a fig tree. He saw Zacchaeus up in a fig tree. Here's the message. Good things happen in fig trees. So he, he, he sees Nathaniel under the fig tree before he ever actually came on the scene. He saw him. So in the same way he saw Zacchaeus in the fig tree before he ever got there. Nathaniel cried out and he said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Jesus said, you're going to see way greater things than me knowing all about you. So everybody say with me, it was a personal call. And, and what I want to tell you about that today is, is simply this. Jesus knows you. He knows your struggles. He knows your temptations. He knows your heartaches. He knows your burdens. He knows you. He knows all about you today. It was a personal call. So Jesus sought him out and called him by his name. And then I also see it was a punctual call. It was punctual. Punctual means to get something done within a designated time. It means to be timely. It was a punctual call in that it was timely. Now, folks, we got to understand something about God. Our God is a God of exquisite timing. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. It says, in the fullness of time, God sent his Son born of a woman, in the fullness of time. So there is a calendar in heaven. There is an hourglass in heaven, and it is perfect. It is exquisite. It is to the microsecond. And it is, it is a calendar in which God has said, on this day I'm going to do this, on that day I'm going to do that. There is a designated time for every single purpose and every move of God under heaven. A designated time. I want you to notice that Jesus said, I must stay at your house today. Notice the divine imperative. I must. I'm on God's timetable. I'm on God's calendar. I'm going according to the timing of my father. And this is the day that I don't have a job. I must stay at your house today. Today. In the same way that we, we saw last week that Jesus, it says, had to pass through Samaria where the woman at the well lived. It says in this account, he said, I must stay at Zacchaeus' house that day. Both times, divine imperative. Both times. I must, had to, have to. This is the moment. There was a day, an hour, a moment on heaven's calendar when a man named Zacchaeus was slated to receive a divine knock on the door of his heart. See, I believe when Jesus visits you and I, pay real close attention. When that visit comes, 
Because it's on God's time. It is God's choosing. It is God's season, God's moment, God's hour, God's second to knock on the door of our heart. There was a day set aside of divine visitation for Zacchaeus. It was the day God set aside. It was the most important day of his entire life. Let me tell you about important days. The most important day in our life is not the day we stand next to somebody at an altar and say, I do. It is not when we walk across the stage and receive that degree. It is not when the boss calls us in and gives us a great big fat raise. That's not the most important day in our life. The most important day in our life is the day that God sets aside to divinely I can remember when I heard the gospel in juvenile detention center when I was lost and then never heard about Christ. And I was 16 years old in big trouble, deep trouble. And I heard the gospel the third night that I was there. A guard came to my room and said through the door, Wickwire, you want to come hear some people talk to you about Christianity? I didn't even know what Christianity was. But I would have gone to see Bozo the Clown to get out of that cell. <laughs> so I went. And when I went, I heard the gospel. And that night, that moment, that hour was God's moment for Jeff Wickwire. And, and the knock came on my heart, the knock. It's that divine knock. It's not like any other knock. It is when heaven knocks. It is when the Holy Spirit knocks. It is when Jesus is standing at the door. It's where Jesus said in uh, Revelations 3, verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. It's the divine knock. And I remember thinking to myself, I remember being very aware and thinking that, that this was a moment that may not come for me again. That it was a select moment, a special moment. And that I needed to make a decision. And I did. And because way back then, sitting in juvenile home with a bond on my head, couldn't get out, my dad couldn't pay it. I heard the gospel, and that's why I'm here today, because of that. The Bible says all kinds of things about the, that beautiful word today. Yesterday is gone. Someday isn't here yet. You may not have tomorrow, but we have today, today. The Bible says today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And then 2 Corinthians 6, verse 2, God says, At just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now. Today is the day of salvation. You hear all those words? Wow. Right time. Day. Right time. Now. Today. The day. So we th see that Jesus' call was personal. And it was punctual. It was timely, but it was also plain. It was as plain as it could be. How simple is this? Make haste and come down. We don't need an interpreter for that. Make haste and come down, Zacchaeus. No debating, no second guessing, no wondering what he meant. Jesus was clear and he was plain. And here's what he was saying. If you do what I say, Zacchaeus, I will come into your house. And by implication, I'm going to come into your whole life. I'm going to ask you a question. Here's the tree. Let's just say this is the fig tree. Here's Jesus. Come down. Make haste. Come down, Zacchaeus. Today I must come to your house. What if Zacchaeus had said, you know, I wanted to see you, but I don't want to go that far with this thing. So it's been great, Lord, meeting you. Have a good trip to Jericho. 
thanks for letting me see the magic tricks. But I believe I'll stay in this tree, this lifestyle, this sin. Would Jesus have gone on and then one day told the disciples, let's circle back and approach him again? No, it wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. There was a moment, there was a time, there was a second, there was an hour, there was a day. It was Zacchaeus' day. And he made it so plain. And you know, the terms of salvation are so clear, everybody. It's A, B, C. Acknowledge, A, acknowledge yourself to be a sinner. Zacchaeus did that. He said, man, I know I'm a sinner. I stole from these people. And so I'm going to repent. I'm going to turn around and go the other way. And I'm going to make it real clear that, Lord, I'm getting clean with you. I repent. And that's what acknowledging sin is. It means you agree with God. I'm a sinner. Yes, the Bible tells us so. Everybody has sinned and falls short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, not a single one. We've all turned aside. We've all gone our own way. We have, and that's why he laid on Jesus the iniquity of us all, not most, but us all. So acknowledge A. B is simple. Believe. It's where you put your belief that matters. Because you can believe in a rock or a stone or another person or hugging a tree or some other religion, and it won't get you saved. You've got to believe in the right place. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the Lord Jesus, Acts 16.31 says, and you will be saved. You will be. You and your household says Acts 16.31. In other words, when you get saved, it, it immediately impacts your whole household. That's A and B. Acknowledge and believe. How simple is that? And then C, consider yourself saved. God's not a divine tease. God doesn't lie. If we say, Lord, I believe that you're the Savior of the world. I ask you to forgive me. My sins come into my heart. He doesn't say, well, I'll think about it. Or maybe not you. No. It says in the Bible... That, that everybody who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you consider it done. You consider it done. A, B, C. Acknowledge, believe, consider. It's that simple. It's a plain call. So it was a personal call, a punctual call, a plain call, but here's the best part. It was a promising call. Oh, it was loaded with a promise. And the same promise is extended to you and me. The words of Jesus promised much more than a casual meeting at Zacchaeus' house over tea or coffee. Jesus wasn't just saying, I'm going to come visit you and then I'm going to move along and we'll just have a nice little shallow chat. That's not what he was after. It was a promise. I can hear this in Jesus' call. Zacchaeus, none of your neighbors will come home with you. You've managed to dig yourself into a real hole, Zacchaeus. You've got the whole world, but you've got nobody. You don't have any friends, Zacchaeus. Nobody will touch you because you robbed them. You hurt them. So Zacchaeus, here's the deal. When everybody else walks out, I walk in. Have you found that to be true? And since nobody in this town will have anything to do with you, Zacchaeus, I want you to know that I, the Lord of glory, the healer, the raiser of the dead. I'm going to come to your house if you will do your part and come out of that tree. What a promise. 
Zacchaeus did it, and it totally changed his life. And folks, you can never come to Jesus without it totally changing your life. Let's just be clear. If you say you know Jesus and, and your life has never changed, you don't know Jesus. I'm going to say that again. You say, well, Pastor, that sounds judgmental. It's not judgmental. It's true. If you say you know Jesus, but your life hasn't changed, you're still doing the same old things and living the same life, then you don't know Jesus. You're deceived. Because the real Jesus will revolutionize. He will shake your world. The real Jesus changes everything. And I'm talking about in a good way. The real Jesus changes everything. He makes everything different. He makes everything better. And that's exactly what uh, Zacchaeus would soon find out. It says, if any man be in Christ, any woman be in Christ, any person be in Christ, they are a brand new creation. The old has passed away and all, everything has become new. Everything is made new. Everything is touched by Jesus in your life. Everything. So the Bible says Zacchaeus received him into his home. Now, if you come here much, you know that I say this a lot. Words matter, especially Bible words. And this word received is powerful. It means more than just opening the door and letting him into the house. The word received here means to receive beneath the surface, to take in. The idea is this. Zacchaeus didn't just receive receive Jesus as, as another guest, one of many. But he received Jesus beneath the surface. Here. He received him beneath the surface. And because he received him beneath the surface, that means he got saved. That means he accepted him into his heart. And the genuineness of the faith was by his repentance. I've stole, I've cheated. Lord, you know what I've done. I'm going to restore it all. Forgive me. Jesus said, salvation has come to this home today. To the home. That word salvation means more than getting to heaven. It means to be delivered from the power of sin. He was saying, man, I've been a crook, a liar, a cheat, a thief. But not only have I been saved, but I have been delivered from the power of that wicked lifestyle. It no longer has a grip on me. Isn't that beautiful? And Jesus closed it by this, and I'll close with this. He said, now all of the rest of you in this house, I want you to look. And let me tell you something. See this man? He just repented. He just gave his heart to me. He told me what he was going to do in light of his repentance. Now that I'm in his heart, he's accepted me as Savior. I want you to know that he's an example of why I came. I came to seek, and I sought him, and I sought the woman at the well, and we're going to see more that he sought in the weeks to come. I sought him, and I called him. And now he's saved. And that's why I came. Can we stand together? How many of you are glad he sought you? Oh, yeah. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you can say, I'm amazed he found me in my tree? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Father, we thank you right now. This beautiful account of how you saved this man, Zacchaeus, little big man, had it all but had nothing. Thank you, Lord, for 
the testimony of his salvation. Now with our heads bowed, I want to ask you a question. Are you still in that tree? Are you still in that tree? Sin, going your own way, living your own life, doing your own thing, and you know you're not right with God. Are you in that tree? Today, Jesus is calling you by your name and saying, come down. I want to go to your house. And maybe you got out of that tree once and you were walking with the Lord, but you've gone back and you've drifted some. Essentially, you're back in the tree. Can you come out of the tree today and walk with Jesus along the road? He's calling you. Now, I'm going to lead us in a simple prayer today. I want you to pray this with me. If you've drifted or if you've never known him, if you've never known him, if you're sitting there wondering if you ever have, then you probably haven't. You can do it today. So first I want to pray with those who have drifted. Just pray this with me right now. Say, Lord, forgive me. If I have drifted from you, forgive me for letting the world Capture me again. I repent. And I turn to you. And if you've never accepted Christ into your heart, beneath the surface, then pray this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. I acknowledge my sin. And I believe you died to forgive that sin. And having acknowledged my sin, I believe on you as the Savior of the world. And Lord, I just confess it's done. I confess I'm saved. And Father, we, along with these that have prayed with me just now, we pray for those hundreds of people on that back wall and hundreds of more that are still going to come. That on 11-9, Zacchaeus's will be here and be saved. Women in sin will be here and be saved. Down and outers and up and outers will be born again. The names we've named, Lord, we claim them for God. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you needed this today, give the Lord.